Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name's Tim Taylor, President Sam, and this is also a double header because this is also being released out on the Energy Question with David Blackman. But we've yep. got a special guest. We have the Doug Sandridge, and I mean he's not only an oil executive, he's the executive director for oil and gas executives for uh, nuclear. And I'll tell you what, I'm energy agnostic to the point that we have to deliver the lowest kilowatt per hour to all citizens of the planet with the least amount of impact on the environment. And it's got to be sustainable without printing money and causing inflation and riots in the street. I'm just kidding on that. No, I'm not reliable and reliable. And so, David, this is going to go out on yours, too. But welcome, Doug. Thank you. Great to be here. I've been excited to hear this. I'll tell you what's fun. I got a shirt for our podcast listeners that happens to look like dogs. Thank you for sending this out. Got a great logo on it. And I signed your uh, uh, petition. Tell us declaration. And David's also signed it. Yes, yes, he did. And I've been trying to get this man over here to sign it. So (laughs) anyways, yes, it's a declaration. We call it the uh, Declaration of Oil and Gas Executives in Support of Nuclear Energy. Wow. Yeah, I am. And tell us, you went to Germany to protest. Were you out there with the farmers? No, this is we're out there with the nuclear pro- protesters. So, um, you know, I've been doing nuclear advocacy for a few years. Now, I am an oil and gas guy, and I have been my entire career, and I still make my living doing oil and gas. But a few years ago, I started getting into nuclear advocacy, and it started Actually, I, it, I'm going to give Michael Bloomberg the blame for this. But uh, nice. uh, in the 1920, 20, by the 1920, the 2020 election cycle, I was researching all the policy positions of all of the Democrat candidates for president. As you can imagine, some of those candidates didn't even have an energy policy. And then a lot of them were incomprehensible. But you can you can forgive Pete Buttigieg for not having a comprehensible energy policy. He was the mayor of St. South Bend, Indiana. So, but the one that got me all fired up was Michael Bloomberg, because Michael Bloomberg had on his website, it said, if you elect me president, by the end of our second term, we will be 80% renewable electricity in the United States. And my head nearly exploded. (laughs) Because it's not, it's not that that's not a desirable goal. Right. And but it's not for lack of money or lack of will. Physically, that was not possible. Physics matter. And so I started researching all the reasons this was an idiotic thing for Bloomberg to say. And at the end of this, and it took months and months, and I, I ended up developing a program that I called the the the, uh, the hurdles to net zero carbon emissions. But as a result of that kind of academic experience. I came to the conclusion, we are not going to do any serious decarbonization, especially if we want to keep our, our grid reliable and affordable. It is not going to happen without a lot more nuclear energy. So oh, that's how yes. I got started. I love it. And and you know what? There's a difference between uh, protests are mostly peaceful in our side of the, the thing. You know, anyway, that old joke. But Germany or the EU just put out that, oh, it's okay to have nuclear again, and Germany closed theirs down when you were there rooting to save it, leave them open. Yes. 
Don't you hate being right? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go down that road. How I, how I got to the Germany thing was, so then fast forward a year from 2020, we're in 2021, and you guys know they closed down the Indian Point nuclear power plant in New York, which was a disaster. It was ridiculous. And it's pure. There's no safety issues. It provided 25% of New York City's electricity. It provided 50%, I believe, of all the clean energy in New York at the time. It was closed down for purely political reasons. Right. And my, again, my head was exploding. And our friend, our mutual friend, Robert Bryce. Yes. He did, instead of doing his normal once a week podcast, he did what he called Indian Point Blackout Week. And he did. Oh, like Shark Week. Robert Bryce Shark Week. I love it. And by the time I finished listening to Robert's four episodes in a row, I was ready to run through a wall to save existing nuclear. I love it. It made me mad. And one of the guests that he had on his podcast is a guy named Mark Nelson. I don't know if you know Mark. But he's probably one of the most foremost nuclear advocates in the country. Isn't that great? And I got to know Mark and he said, if you want to do something, I will get you involved in the nuclear advocacy. So I went with him to Germany. He said, if you're serious about this, come with me to Germany and let's that let's protest the shutdown of the last nuclear power plant. So I did that in at the end of 2021. And then I closed three of their last six in 20 in December 2021. And then last spring, he called again and said, hey, they're shutting down the last four in April. And he and his mother and me and my mother went over. And uh, I don't want to say we protested. We rallied in support of keeping nuclear open. You know what's even funnier? David and I on the three podcasters have been laughing at the fact that uh, Greta uh, was being hauled out from a, a fake wind farm protest or coal plant, excuse me, it was a coal plant yeah, yeah. and they were hauling her out and she's laughing. And then uh, that same wind farm was then being pulled down and destroyed to, down, to, to mine the coal. To, to mine the coal that they were like, they shut down. So now Germany's rolling back in. They've had a successful deindustrialization and their carbon output is like quadrupling now. So uh, we can't manufacture. Okay, my middle name is Pid. Stu Pid is my, you know, my name. Stu, middle name Pid. My parents were mean, but when you sit back, they took stupid to a whole nother level. I don't get it. It's hard to understand, and and you know, you know, Spain just announced they're going to shut down the rest of their nuclear uh, yeah, power plants. Yeah. But other than that, it's mass insanity in Europe. It is, but, but there's a lot of places where the, the it's going the other way. I mean, Poland is all in, yeah. right? Estonia, Bulgaria, Romania. Isn't that great? They're all going in. In the UAE, uh, I just interviewed Grace Stanky. She is the she's a rock star. She's a rock star. Um, and she was last year's uh, Miss America. I have to give a shout out to uh, RT for introducing me on that. I got to interview her uh, at 12 o'clock at night, our time. And it was eight o'clock in the morning there in Dubai. And she was out there representing the U.S. And the UAE has 50% of their power, 25% of their powers being done by their first nuclear reactor in there. God bless them. And they've got balanced power coming in. Grace, Grace is the real deal. And we had a we had a bill come up in Colorado uh, last a few weeks ago that was simply did nothing except redefine clean energy to include nuclear power. Isn't that great? And because 
right now in Colorado, you can't get any benefits from having nuclear power. And we introduced a bill, uh, Senator Liston introduced a bill and we supported the bill saying all you did is just add nuclear as a defined clean energy. Grace Stanky, she came and was the first person to testify. And she did not not want to, she would not let anyone fly her out. She wanted it to be on her own because she didn't want anyone to say, well, you only came because this. So she paid her own way to be the first person to testify in favor of that bill. Now the, the um, mental midgets in Colorado Senate. Right. Did not pass this. They, they voted it down. But anyway, Grace Stanky's a rock star. What, what was uh, so? What was their reasoning for voting it down? Well, so, zero emission power generation. Because a lot of those people are still living in the past. They still they think nuclear is dirty. They say there's there's nothing appropriate to do with the waste. Uh, they but most of which the, is the biggest myth in the world. Yeah. Right? So they have all the reasons. Now I don't know this, so I can't say who's getting money from who. But I suspect that. Uh, you know, Colorado, there's a lot of these politicians who get part of their funding from the Sierra Club, Greenpeace, NRDC. Absolutely. And I think that they, you know, they're being told we do not want to support that. I don't know that to be fact. I haven't checked their. Uh, I know it to be fact. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the Sierra Club, the, the climate alarm lobby in general, all that industry, and it's a pure industry, a multi-billion dollar industry. It's one of the biggest funders of Democratic Party political campaigns in the United States. They've basically taken the place of trial lawyers as the biggest funders of the Democratic Party. I mean, it's just a matter of public record. So you didn't have to say it. I'll say it. Okay. (laughs) The good news is, though, the good news is that nuclear energy is quickly becoming a bipartisan issue in many places in the country. I mean, even in California, even in Illinois, Connecticut. Uh, it's kind of funny how um, you take a look at Diablo Canyon, and it has now got another extension on its life. 25 more years. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you, it's kind of like uh, the politicians, when they start getting, like, no power and, and no shower for you, you know, that it's kind of important. The energy sobriety will make you realize. <laughs> that energy sobriety. Uh, and I've been told, I do not know Gavin Newsom personally, but I've been told by all my nuclear folks in California that basically when they started having blackouts in 2016, 2017, that he finally decided, he finally became open to the possibility of changing his mind on this issue. Yeah. So blackouts will change your mind. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, we're facing some big back blackouts coming around the corner because of the balance. Uh, uh, shout out to Meredith Anglin shorting the oh, grid. So Love Meredith. Uh, hey, uh, all over Robert Bryce's documentary, too. Yeah. She has a big role in that. And, and I tell you what, I've just loved my interviews with her. But she is such, she is another, a previous generation of Grace Stanky. And I mean, I put those two equal into the same uh, pile there for that. That's a great idea. We need to organize that. Uh, It's a great idea. I want to be there when you do it. Oh, yeah. We'll have that, man. But but the whole key is, is to have that exactly what you're doing. They're better looking than you. I hate to tell, you know, I want to be on air with them. I just want to be there when they're both there. Okay. okay. I want to see them. Okay. It just, well, you'll even go to Bulgaria to visit with Irina Slav. The great, this is such a great story. You have to tell this story. Well, 
you know, I grew up overseas. I spent most of my childhood living in Europe. And so my family always kind of trends towards international news rather than, you know, American news. So, you know, I've subscribed to the Financial Times rather than the Wall Street Journal just because I want to get a little bit of a more international perspective. And I found Irina several years ago and I just was so, I wanted so much, there's so much going on in Europe energy wise. Yeah, and right. I wanted an, a, a European perspective. Right. And so I found Irina and started listening. I was the first podcast I ever did was with Irina. No way. Yeah. And it wasn't very good. So don't, please don't go back and look at it. But, but I, I fell in love with her for a number of reasons. First of all, she is super, super smart. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Incredibly. She is an incredible writer. Yeah. Right. But the best thing is she does all this with the, the wit and the sense of humor that I cannot wait. And no offense, but I oh, cannot I wait to see her article come out every week because it's going to be really powerful and really funny. Now, I, I have gone I, one I step. I totally agree with that. I have gone one step further. And that is I've had her on my podcast about 12 times. And I, those are the highlight of my month. But in the visit, I get my Irina fixed. And then when she added the voice over so that you can listen to her Substack, I sit there and listen in her Bulgarian accent. And I'm like purring because I get my Irina fixed. And you really get her sense of humor coming out even more. Well, we started emailing and texting and I was on her podcast and I just, I really like her. And my mom's, I mean, my wife is like, do I need to be worried about this man crush you have on Irina? Of course not. I haven't even met her, but she's, she's just that brilliant. So every time I go to Europe, usually every year and usually with my family. And so for a couple of years, we go to Europe and I would say to my wife, what do you think about going to Bulgaria? And she's like, why do you want to go to Bulgaria? And I was like, well, I, you know, if we're there, we've never been there. Let's go. And and maybe we got to meet Irina. And she's like, oh, for the love of God, are you kidding me? And so, uh, you know, David, I'm a stalker on your material. You have notched up stalking to Irina's material to a whole new level. So I go, I go in 2021, I go in 2022. Uh, and actually in 2023, in 2022, I, my whole family went on a river cruise for, for uh, Thanksgiving. And I said to my wife, what do you think about, I let the kids go home, but what do you think about let's go in to see Irina? And my wife, she just rolls her eyes. I am not going to Bulgaria to meet some energy analyst. <laughs> and so last spring in April, Mark Nelson asked me to go to Berlin to rally in support of German nuclear. Right. And I asked my wife, do you want to go with me? And she said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to Germany to, to protest nuclear power. So I asked my mom and then my mom said, sure, let's go. And I said, what would you think about going to Bulgaria? Now that I don't have to worry about my wife and my kids, I can just go. And my wife said, I mean, my mom said, I've never been to Bulgaria. Let's go. Sure. So after we go, her mom's in, we fly directly to Bulgaria. You know, she lives out in the country. She does. So she doesn't live in, in the, 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 in Sofia. Right. She lives out in Stars Agora in a village. And I didn't feel comfortable. I, you know, I feel comfortable driving in Italy or Germany or someplace where I sort of speak the language. I wasn't right. sure I wanted to drive in Bulgaria. So we rented a, a driver service right. and he drove us out and we met Irina and her daughter. Isn't she a great young thing? She is great. Uh, And the family and Chris, her husband, is such a neat guy. But I'll tell you, uh, I absolutely love what you're doing. 
and I want to support the effort. Tell us some of the big dog uh, oil and gas executives that have signed it. But also, we're going to, this is just, not just one podcast, because we are going to continue to yeah. carry this forward with you. But we're like, uh, you have Chris Wright. Chris Wright and you and I are going to have a discussion here a little bit. Uh, Chris was the, I had the idea, and I had this idea because some of my friends in the nuclear industry made a statement at a meeting in front of everyone said, well, I know all you oil and gas is directed at me. I'm the only oil and gas guy in the room. Right. They said, I know you oil and gas guys hate us. <laughs> and I know that that um, that your industry undermines the nuclear industry. And I said, hold on, hold on. I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> and said, you know, maybe that was true in the 1970s. I don't know if the Rockefeller. Found, probably. But, but that is not true now. I'm throwing a flag. Flag. <laughs> <laughs> and I start asking around all my friends and I cannot find a single person in our industry. Now, I'm not saying there's none, right. but I've never found anyone who would say I'm anti-nuclear. And so I thought I'm going to, I started this out, started to prove the nuclear community that right. we're with you. Right. And so I had this idea and I thought, well, I'm a nobody. I don't know if I can pull this off. So I called Chris Wright, or right. actually texted Chris and Chris is a busy guy. Yes, and he is. In a few minutes, he texts me back and says, I love this idea. Let's do it. So we wrote this declaration of support for nuclear energy and we, Chris was the first one to sign it. And then we started going out and getting other executives to sign it. Uh, Toby Rice at EQT, CEO at Chesapeake, uh, the former CEO of Continental Resources. I mean, all sorts of executives. Alan Gilmer just signed it out of the blue. Alan Gilmer. I love Alan. He he heard about it. And he found somebody else's copy of it, write it out their name, and then signed it and sent it to me. I didn't even know Alan. Okay, the only claim to fame I have with Alan is after my podcast with him, he said that's the funniest podcast I've ever been on. So I love any guest that says I'm the best podcaster. So I would say of all the podcasts I've ever been on, you are the most fun. (laughs) It's not a this isn't serious stuff. This is just fun. Oh, fun with Stu. But it is. We we talk about podcast now. Fun with Stu. Fun with Good. Yeah. You know, the fun thing is we are covering serious topics. Absolutely. And this is getting around the AI because AI does not understand me. I can't spell AI, but yet I can get around the Google Analytics because it does not like oil and gas. No, it does not. Uh, it doesn't like anybody who says anything good about all of this. We've got a lot of plans coming up the, uh, with all the things that we want to do for you, for marketing, for everything else. If you're an oil and gas executive, we want you to get in touch with Doug Sandridge, sign up and help us market this program because it is not at a point anymore where you can sit by. If you want to sit there and have a uh, a blackout, when you look at Texas, Texas nuclear is a solid four to ten percent, whatever line it is, it is straight across. Percent, I think, yeah. It is a baseline. Yeah. We need, uh, I believe, California is ten percent out of the Diablo Canyon. If you don't have that baseline, you can't attach renewable. Oh, by the way. Once you get an 80-year reactor, I think you got some ROI on that bad dog. You do. And the other thing, of all you people that like your cell phone out there, try to make a cell phone out of a nuclear reactor or a windmill. Lots of luck, as they say, as Scooby-Doo would say, right? Yep. 
Yep, we need it all. It's interesting you say that because I was at a class, teaching a class at University of Oklahoma last week. And after the class, a lot of these students want to stand around and talk with me afterwards. And I had several students who said, now, because I I said we need more nuclear. I'm not saying to the exclusion of something else, but they came up and they said, so what are you replacing when you talk about more nuclear? And I said, we're not talking about replacing anything. We need more energy. Period. Just to keep up with demand. Keep up with demand. And your AI is driving more of it. going to double. Exactly. Demand. All the AI, all the... Uh, Charging the, electric vehicles. So I said, I don't... I'm not... They, they said, are we are we talking about getting rid of some oil and gas? Are we trying to reduce renewables? I said, no, this is accretive. We're adding... We need nuclear to add to everything we have, especially if we're going to really make a dent into world yeah. poverty, into all the, the billion people in the world who don't have affordable or reliable energy. So nuclear is not replacing anything else. It is accretive. And in addition to, we need more energy, not less. And that's, I think that's one of the hardest points to, to really get people to understand is we're going to have to have more of everything or we're going to have to shut our society down. We won't be able to sustain Modern society with all the gadgets, with Hospital. all the AI, with all the EV charging, hospitals, everything, Bitcoin mining that devours energy. We, we can't continue to do that without more of everything and a lot more of nuclear if we're really going to get to something even close to net zero. And I, I would also like to say, uh, in closing, we're going to have one last word go through. Vote with two things. Vote early, vote often, vote in the mail, call your grandparents, your your great grandparents, drag them to the polling grandparents. Yeah, and get them. Uh, no, vote. we're not advocating dead people. No, we're you know. not advocating. No, we're, we, we got to do something. Just make five or two votes. No, we're not. We actually believe in ethics. I believe in ethics. Now, here's the thing you have to vote, but vote with your money. And I guarantee you, as a uh, group of humans in the United States, good will win. The battle coming up is tough, but we will win. The good side is going to win. Vote, vote with your money. So don't be afraid to do that. What are your last words, Deb? Thank you for having me here, giving me the opportunity to visit with you guys. I'm changing the subject. <laughs> I will vote. It's, 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 my family is very, uh, very and, and only the living. Yeah, everyone living in my family. <laughs> uh, but yes, I agree with you. Thank you for giving me the forum to talk about this. I look forward to working with you guys in the future. And uh, we're going to have fun. We need more energy. And nuclear is not the only thing, but it's going to be a part it's of it. It's got to be a big part of it. And David, I didn't know you were going to a political rally. Dude. I did not know that. I thought I was just coming to have a chat. Yeah. Oh, no. But this was so good. Thanks to our audience. We appreciate everybody. Hey, hey it's good seeing you. All right. We will see you guys next time on the Energy Question and the Energy News Beat.